Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Plant Powered People podcast, where we talk about everyday struggles that people encounter along a plant-based lifestyle and how to overcome them. And as always, you're here with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today is exciting for me because as you heard in our previous episode earlier in the year, we brought on Gina House from the World of Vegan team. And now we're bringing on Jamie Gerke from the Plant-Based on a Budget team. She's the newest member of Plant-Based on a Budget. And we connected because she was a listener of our podcast and followed along in the Plant-Based on a Budget support group and subscribed to the e-newsletter. And when I was hiring, she reached out and I was so blown away that she was already an active participant of our community that It just made so much sense to hire her to be a moderator in the sport group. So she has been working with us for a while, is awesome. And her story is one that we've wanted to highlight for a while. She's from a place called La Crosse, Wisconsin, that has less than 50,000 people living there. It is not easy to find plant-based options at restaurants. The community is not super knowledgeable about what plant-based living means or vegan eating is. And she expresses her challenges. She is part of the BMX community. She's a mom of one son and twin girls who are all older. And she has an experience that I feel is not talked about a lot or enough in plant-based living. And she's a pretty recent plant-based person. So that's pretty exciting. Getting people new on their journey, you always get like the really heart root of struggles and kind of in the midst of the processes of overcoming them. Jamie mentioned in the episode in her community that is largely very conservative. It's been a a big challenge to be vegan and vegan has been kind of a four-letter word, almost a bad word to bring up in that space. And we just want to reiterate before we jump into this episode, Being plant-based, being vegan has nothing to do with a political affiliation. You can be conservative, you can be liberal, you can be libertarian, you can be anywhere along the political spectrum or have any sort of beliefs and you can be vegan and you can be plant-based and we're seeing that more and more often. Before we jump in, I want to give a big thank you to our sponsors of this episode, Vistro and Better Than Bouillon. Vistro makes mouthwatering, fresh, vegan, totally plant-based meals that have been frozen and are delivered right to your doorstep. So you can just heat them and eat them and savor every delicious, nutritious bite. This company was founded by a brother and sister duo, Mark and Monica. Monica is my friend. I know her. And she's lovely. And they had grown up in Costa Rica where fresh home-cooked meals with tons of vegetables and fruits were totally normal to be eating every single day. And then later in life in the US, they kind of noticed that the fast meals weren't healthy and the healthy meals weren't fast. So they went on to start this company, Vistro, to make healthy, fast meals delicious and easy. So yay, Vistro. Some tasty meals that they have are jackfruit jambalaya, crab cakes, mushroom stroganoff, enchilada casserole, yellow curry, veggie empanadas, chicken quesadillas, of course, vegan, and many more. It's a really great thing to have, especially when you haven't gotten in your meal planning and you want to come home and have a delicious, nutritious meal that's easy and you don't have to fuss around in the kitchen. It really saves you from making a bad trip to a restaurant and spending way too much money. Agreed. And I have actually tried a lot of their meals over the years. I got introduced to them many years ago and they're really delicious. A lot of times frozen meals just kind of lack the flavor and that yumminess that's really filling. And I would eat a frozen meal and then have to then cook another meal. 
but these are really, really yummy. My hubby loves them. And we even have friends who have gifted Vistro to their family members who uh, maybe are sick or are just needing some TLC in the food department. But if you, A, can't cook for them personally, or B, you just want like delicious, healthy plant-based meals delivered to their door, Vistro is a great option. So you can definitely check them out. Their website is just vistro.com. And you can even go there and get some ideas for food to make. They're just, they have photos with every meal that they offer there and it looks delicious. Next up, we have Better Than Bouillon, who if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, go back and listen to them because we will tell you all about why we love them so much. If you don't know, they have a concentrated soup paste that is stored in a glass jar and we love them for many reasons, including their sustainability, their flavor, their accessibility, their cost. And they have a lot of certified vegan products on their line, including seasoned vegetable, roasted garlic, sautéed onion, organic seasoned vegetable, mushroom, no beef and no chicken, which is my personal favorite. And What's even cool is that I was walking through a Costco recently and noticed that they had these like jumbo-sized jars too. They're 16 ounces of the vegetable base. So check this out too. I need to get my paws on those Costco size better than bouillon <laughs> because I always have several in my pantry just waiting to line up. Once you open them, then, they, then you pop them in the fridge and they do last a while, but I make so much soup and also stews and things like that. So I go through it relatively quickly because there's 38 servings per jar. Yeah, I I know. I saw that it lasts for two years and I thought, who would keep that for two years? I (laughs) I go through like 10 per year. So I'm pretty sure I have 10 in my pantry right now. Anyway, if you're new to Better Than Bouillon, definitely check them out. Next time you're at the grocery store, just browse, browse along by the soup aisle and you'll find them usually on the shelf stable area by other bouillons and definitely pick up a jar. When you go there, you might be like, hey, this is kind of expensive. It's $6 or something like that. But remember, it's 38 servings. If you were to buy all of those soup broth packages that are not recyclable, uh, it would be way more expensive. So it's actually a great way to save money super delicious and you can use it in so super much more. delicious super <laughs> delicious ah, all right honey and i didn't even mean to be <laughs> yes. check them out at better hi jamie how are you today i'm great how are you guys good thank you welcome to the plant powered people podcast and i am just so excited to dive more into your story. You are new to me, even though you are the newest addition to Plant-Based on a Budget. I still am getting to know you and I am really excited to explore your life and how you got here. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be on here. Okay. So first off, where are you calling from? La Crosse, Wisconsin. I don't even know where that is in Wisconsin. Can you tell us where exactly that is? What's the nearest biggest city? The biggest city I would say is probably Madison. That's about two and a half hours away. And the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul are also two and a half hours away. We're right along the Mississippi. I mean, we are right on the river and we've got these beautiful bluffs in our area. It's actually a very gorgeous area. And um, President Biden actually just touched down a few minutes ago. Oh, I don't know wow. what he's doing in lacrosse. <laughs> Interesting. I um, I just pulled it up on a map and can clearly see where where you are. Very cool. Okay, so I want to talk more in a bit about what it's like there, but have you always been 
plant-based? No. No, I just recently went plant-based about two months ago. All right. And before that, what was your life like? What were you eating? Did you grow up in in La Crosse? I grew up in Prairie du Chien, which is about an hour south of us, which is a way smaller town. I think we have had about 6,000 people in the area. Mm -hmm. Still on the river. um, We still had same kind of geological looking area. You know, we lived down in the bluff lands, but lots of, lots of farms in our area. You currently live on a farm. Is that right? Yes. So we do not, it's not, it's a non-operating farm. This was my husband's dad's side of the family that owned this farm. They have both passed now. He actually passed in the farm Oh, in the middle of all the farm buildings, he he passed away from a heart attack at the age of 40-something. And his mom lived, his wife lived on for many more years. And then we had bought all the farm buildings. And because um, my husband has a construction company, so we use it for a lot of storage. And so, yep, we still have the, you know, the silo. We still have the grain bins. All of that's still here. So farming and farm life farm culture has been on your husband's side of the family for quite some time. Oh yeah. Both of his parents grew up on farms. They like maybe two miles away from each other. That's really cute that that they grew up next to each other. Oh, they knew each other. I guess they rode the bus together to school and um, they've known each other since like middle school, I think. That's awesome. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss, by the way, that he passed away so young. So you said he had a a heart attack. Did he have, did he know he had a heart condition prior to that heart attack? I'm unsure, actually. It was so long ago. It was probably, I think, the 80s that it happened. All right. Tell us how you got to plant-based eating. What were you eating right beforehand? What was your life looking like then? And then in brief, you can, can you tell us about the transition for you? So we always have meat at a meal, um, especially in the Midwest. It's always, you say, meat and potatoes. I have loved cooking. So I've I've always cooked more than meat and potatoes. And I've always tried to incorporate a lot of vegetables into our diets. And But we've always had the meat because we always thought that, you know, animal protein was best. So my husband side of the family, they still get together and they get like a half of a cow so this cow is like raised locally and they all go in together and the price per pound of it is a lot cheaper. And so that's kind of where we always got our hamburger and steaks from was from purchasing a cow from another local farmer. Uh, eventually we would run out and then we'd have to go to the store and go get some. But now we're finding that. Our freezer is still full of my in-laws because they don't have any more room in their freezer. So our freezers are still full and they're still wanting to buy another half of a cow. Yesterday, they were just talking to one of my kids about, do you guys have any room in your freezers? Because we wanted to get a a quarter of a cow this time. And I'm kind of like, we are plant-based now. We are vegan. So we will store the stuff that we have right now. But I want to get this out of my life and I want them to see that this is a new normal for us. I originally had gone on this because I had watched a documentary, What the Health? And um, I was bored one night and I had been searching for answers for 
pre-diabetes and I've been pre-diabetic for many years and looking, my mom has been lately dealing with some health problems, much to do with her type two diabetes. And she had lost a lot of weight. She had been exercising. She had, she's doing what the doctors had told her and she still was on insulin and she still was on her medications for this. Another coworker of mine who was only a couple of years older than me, same journey as my mom. She she was exercising all the time. She was doing what they had told her to do and she was still on her medication. So I'm like, I'm pre-diabetic. I'm heading towards type 2 diabetes. I just had a checkup with my doctor and he's like, well, you know, we're not going to do medication yet. So we're going to try to fix this with diet and exercise. And then he did not tell me to go plant-based. That's when I started doing my own research. And that first, that first What the Health documentary was the one that kicked off everything. And then I just started reading and I started researching. And that's when I decided this is what we were going to do. What was it about What the Health that, that inspired such a big lifestyle change to go from eating to having half of a cow in your freezer and then deciding that, oh, I'm going to try plant-based now for maybe ever. What was that like for both you and your, your husband, your children? For me, it was, I'm not opposed to trying things at all to try to see if we can, there's another way of fixing things. I'm definitely one of those people that is, is there another way that we can go about this that's not working? And watching what these people had gone through and their lifestyle changes and how many medications they're on and how all the medications they went off of. And the, especially the woman who could walk a lot better. My mom has a really tough time of walking and that kind of really resonated with me that she could barely even walk without her walker. And then after how many weeks of being on it, she was walking completely normal again. And I have found that in my own journey because I have slipped up, obviously, especially when we go to weddings and we're having a good time and having a few drinks and everything. That's when I want to go back to my old, old ways. And the next day I find that my hips start hurting more, a lot more. My knees start hurting. And that's when that's a good reminder to me that this is a great lifestyle and this is what I am meant to do. For my husband, he's so used to me being like, we're going to try this this week and I'm going to join roller derby and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to try making uh, jewelry. I like to try new things and I always have something up my sleeve. And so for him, he's just like, you know what? I'll roll with it. I have some arthritic issues. We did do Whole30 for a while to see what was causing some of his like IBS problems. And he felt great when he was on Whole30. And it's a very hard lifestyle. That one's even harder, I think, than just going plant-based altogether. I want to be able to do a lifestyle that I can keep on, that I can sustain. And for him, he, he just told me, you know, as long as the food is tasty, I don't care. Because I'm the one who mainly does most of the cooking. So he's like, as long as it's good. I'm here for it. Like I made um, lasagna the other night, vegan lasagna. And I've made a vegetable lasagna before, but I've used a, a dairy product. And this time I used the tofu 
in place of the dairy product. And he was like, yeah, if you could keep on cooking like this all the time, (laughs) I'm like, of course. And then for my kids, it's a little bit harder because for them, they don't have the same issues that I have. And they're, they're still, they're young, their metabolisms are still great and everything. And they're still in their teens and they still like to, you know, eat Culver's and McDonald's and, and Culver's for us is a Midwest, Midwest McDonald's almost kind of thing. And they think, oh, it's just another crazy thing that mom's doing, but this isn't going to be another crazy thing that I'm doing. This is going to be a lifestyle change for me. That sounds so familiar. I know Michelle, maybe Michelle, but definitely for me, my family was like, oh, this is a phase. She'll get over it. And here I am so many years later where I have not gotten over it. (laughs) The nice thing is that when your family thinks that it's a phase, it makes it easier for them to accept it, you know, or be like, all right, we'll go with this for a while. And it gives you a chance to kind of like let everyone dip their toes in without feeling like this is a forever thing and kind of familiarize Mm -hmm. themselves and get used to and warmed up to the idea. Yeah. Your kids think it's a phase, but do they want you to cook the foods that they want to eat or or are they eating your your vegan food? They kind of pick and choose. My son, who is the BMXer, he knows someone who went plant-based and she was she's like, my recovery time has, has been awesome. In between uh, workouts, I have so much more endurance. So he saw that from someone else already. And so he's kind of on board. But the thing is, is for him, it's hard because he's got the outside world influences and he's got the naysayers. And as a teenager, it's hard sometimes to go your own path and march to the beat of your own drum. I mean, as an adult, I do that now. But as a teenager, I wouldn't have been able to do that. For my daughter, who's home for the summer, um, she goes to the University of Iowa And she will eat some of the stuff that I do make, but she also has jobs so she can bring in her own food. So she will also, she'll do that. So she'll eat, she'll eat what I make if she likes it. If she doesn't, she'll just make her own food. That's awesome. Have you seen the the film, The Game Changers yet? Yep. I actually watched it twice. I watched it once by myself and then I made my son watch it. That's what I was going to say. I bet that's super inspiring, especially for younger people that don't really care or think about health issues or or anything like that's too far off for for a young person. But seeing how like totally badass (laughs) these athletes can be thriving on a plant-based diet can be really inspiring. Oh, for sure. Because he's always trying to gain more muscle and him seeing that weightlifter. Well, yeah, there was a weightlifter in there, but then um, the powerlifter, seeing him, he was like, huh, I can get bigger because... He's always trying to get his legs stronger for BMX. Um, he's in a bunch of other sports too. He just tried wrestling last year. He just decided to pick up wrestling. And so he is still at a smaller weight class because he is, he has like barely any fat on him. But he's football. He's always trying to gain for football too. And he just can't eat enough because he's just so active. Let's talk more about BMX. That was actually one of the one of the things you shared about your story that really intrigued us because there's a whole culture around BMX. I mean, a number of things. First of all, your location is is in a, a not in a city. You have kind of less access to vegan food, and you don't have a lot of vegan people around you. But also, you are deeply embedded in this BMX culture. What is that like? 
It's more of a conservative culture, not to get political, but it's very Republican. And a lot of times there's still the way of thinking, especially for athletes, that athletes should be eating, you know, all animal protein. One thing that kind of helped us is someone that we know who is, he's very far right. And um, he's actually, and he'll even say this too, he's one of these conspiracy theory kind of people. But he actually, he his daughter was the one who initially went plant-based. And he went plant-based too. And he saw the benefits of it and he felt so much better. They eventually started going back to their old ways just because of, they had moved to Texas and then they moved back uh, to the Midwest. And so they're having this, coming back to the Midwest was a big factor in why they went back to eating meat. And it's just easier. And it's, you know, especially for the holidays, they said the holidays came around, they started eating meat and it just went downhill from there. But he was actually one of our biggest supporters of it, which was really surprising because he's always, I mean, if I say the sky is blue, he'll say the sky is red just to fight me on it. And so it's just kind of funny that he was our biggest supporter for this. And I'm like, if somebody like him can change by opening up their minds and actually looking at, you know, looking at the statistics or looking at just even the science of it too, the science, the scientific part of it really interests me. Um, I think it was in What the Health when they're talking about how we're not built really for eating meat and especially, you know, our stomach acids and everything. And I was like, this is actually very, you know, this is spot on. But a lot of people, it's been so ingrained. I come from originally from a marketing background. So I understand the whole Got Milk campaign. They did an awesome job with that and bringing milk back because the milk industry was getting very low at the time. So I understand the marketing point of things. Um, I digress, sorry. <laughs> um, but he, it's been it's been tough. But the thing is, is and I talked to the Tony about this before too, is showing people is the best way of convincing them. And I talked to them we just went two weeks ago on a camping trip down into Rockford, Illinois for one of the races down there. And all of our teammates on our team are very conservative. And I just, you know, I didn't take any flack from them. You know, they'd, they'd give me flack, but I would just give it right back to them. And I'm just like, you know what, try my food. And, and so, you know, they were trying things. They were looking at the things that I had bought for the weekend and they were seeing the results, you know, for me, especially not being pre-diabetic anymore. So they were seeing these things and it's definitely a way of having to show them. And if I can keep my son on plant-based, I think the benefits would be really great for him, but he's been kind of falling back. So it's going to be tough. I, I wonder if there are some people listening, thinking, what does being Republican have to do with anything? And I just want to clarify that I, I have a very conservative family and I have some pretty conservative friend groups. From my experience, what that what that means is plant-based living, vegetarianism, it gets kind of lumped in with this like hippie lifestyle, mm-hmm. like these hippie liberals. And so if anyone's wondering like, how is that even relevant? What someone's political affiliation is? I think that that's where it comes from. 
again, that, that's just my experience. I'm in some pretty conservative circles. And I have always just been like the hippie liberal vegetarian <laughs> of the bunch. And I even embody what that is for them. They're like, I check the boxes of all of the things that kind of go together. <laughs> and that's kind of my experience too. And that's kind of why I brought it up is right away. It's, I'm always thought of as like the liberal, the the team uh, leader uh, for BMX calls me a feminazi. But, you know, he's saying it out of just, he's joking with me and everything, but I, I don't want them to be like, oh, here she is on another tangent, on another liberal tangent, and so for them not to listen. And I think showing them definitely will open up their minds. I want to talk a little bit more about your experience, not only in BMX, which we have a pretty clear picture of what that's like for you, but what it's like living in a town that's a little bit smaller. Michelle and I well, I feel like I live in a small town and we have 600,000 people here. Uh, and I just checked your population and it's less than 50,000, I think. It's much smaller. So what is it like there to be plant-based, to live in the Midwest, to hang out with friends who probably don't want to go drive two and a half hours to the nicest vegan restaurant? <laughs> so what are you eating when you're um, dining out locally and how are your your grocery stores accommodating you? <laughs> Girl, it's hard. <laughs> For our restaurants in our area, we do have a couple in the area that boasted a little bit more along the vegetarian lines and everything. Unfortunately, when COVID came along, I think a couple of them sh shut down. So those I no longer have. What I have to do is I have to if I'm going to have supper with someone, I basically research the place and I look up the menu beforehand and I decide, okay, this is what I'm going to order tonight because I, I know for sure that this is going to be vegan. Because even when, especially in this area, even if you order like steamed veggies, a lot of times they'll steam them with stock, chicken stock, or they'll put butter on it. And unfortunately, the waiters never can tell me if there's butter on it or not. Or I, I think I've been to places where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you got the you got the plant based milk in there and or creamer. And I'm like, this doesn't taste like the plant based creamer. They're not educated very well on it, um, especially in our area. I used to do events for um, a bank that I worked at our holiday party every year, we would always have one or two vegans. And for me, it was like, oh, I roll, you know, oh, I've got a vegan, got to order them something different. What a pain in the butt. Are they just doing it just to be a pain in the butt? Now that I'm living that lifestyle, I understand why they are doing that. I understand why they went this way. And now I feel like I'm the one that people are rolling their eyes at that are like, oh my God, this lady, crazy ladies, ask me all these questions about what's in this food. What I do when I, if I don't look ahead of time, I just find the most vegetarian thing on the menu. There's one place I like to go to for brunch to meet a friend and they have avocado toast, but they put eggs on top of their avocado toast, which would be fabulous, but I don't eat eggs. So I just ask them to remove the eggs. 
and everything else in there I know for sure is vegan. But other than that, we just, we don't have, I don't really know if in Madison, there's got to be something in Madison, but I haven't even looked it up because I don't spend a lot of time in Madison. There's this photo that Tony posted to Instagram recently, which I think you can really relate to, but also everyone can relate to. And the caption is, you know, you're plant-based when you've got to order every side dish on the menu. (laughs) Went to brunch with my family yesterday and got the usual vegan meal of sides. And this photo has plain white toast. It has potatoes. Like actually those potatoes look pretty good. Like fried up (laughs) potatoes, like a bowl of fruit. And the fruit is like sliced bananas and like some little orange pieces and old strawberries. And then they put actually a plate of just sliced avocado, like just a little slice of avocado in the middle of a huge white plate. But I'm thinking, man, they really should throw that on the toast and call it avocado toast and do vegans a solid. It's so so funny that you mentioned that because I asked for I was like can you do avocado toast my we went to a place that is and my family they're not vegetarians no one is a vegetarian and there's a place that's like 30 minutes away that has really good brunch but it's very animal heavy brunch and when I went there I looked at the menu I was like there's nothing I can eat I had a I had to be that person and, and be like, okay, well, can you tell me what's in your sides? Like, okay, is this okay? Do you have, can you make avocado toast? And they were like, we can't make avocado toast, but you can order an avocado and you can <laughs> order some bread. And I said, does the bread have butter? Yes, the bread has butter. Can I order it without bre- butter? She's like, let me go ask. And so I, so I was just like, okay. So I, I ordered this like whole avocado, which I paid like, three dollars more and uh and then a side of toast yeah what's really funny is i'm looking at the comments right now and it says but it does look pretty darn delicious such a great brunch someone said i would order these every day these side dishes are the best so as much as it is really simple and uh, almost hysterical food like this is a meme in itself of like (laughs) a stereotypical sad vegan meal but it is really delicious like potatoes and avocado toast and fresh fruit like the simple things can be can be yummy as well being simple too also helps someone who just is starting to go along that journey of going into plant based of keeping it simple so many people think that they have to do these huge recipes that have like 30 ingredients and have ingredients that they've never heard of well sometimes there are ingredients that they never heard of but all these ingredients and just keep it simple. And sometimes it's even helpful for like weight loss and stuff like that too. Just keeping it simple, keep out a lot of the oils, keep out a lot of the the pre-processed packaged ingredients and they'll go a long way. I'm wondering if you could share the process for you. So you watched the documentary, you told your family, this is what we're doing. How did you feel comfortable continuing to make the choice. And I mean, even still, you're you're still newer at plant-based living. How are you keeping yourself motivated? You mentioned that for you, it's more about progress than perfection. I feel like that's really good. And just continuing to push forward. How are you doing it? I think one thing that's keeping me motivated is I had my A1C tested. And that's and that was probably, I think, like three or four weeks after I went plant-based. And my A1C was completely normal. And seeing that, I was definitely like, okay, this is this is working. What's A1C for those who don't know? Oh, so the A1C test is a test 
that tests your glucose, average glucose levels for the past three months. So even though I had only been on plant-based for a month, it averaged out good enough that my A1C was, uh, I think, like 5.4, which is in the completely normal range. Once you get up to the sixes, you are considered pre-diabetic, which I had been, and the high sixes. And then after seven, you are considered having diabetes. So my mom is in the sevens. And I know that from the last time that she was um, in the hospital last month. So for me, that was something that really was like, okay, this is working. This is doing its job. For my next level, my next journey, I want to lose weight is my next thing. And I know that for me, going plant-based was not about losing the weight. It was about um, getting my health under control. But my next journey is losing the weight and trying to get off more of like the processed things. Like we have um, the hot dogs, the vegan hot dogs. We've got the incognito chicken nuggets, things like that. So for me, my next thing is trying to go whole foods. Going back to talking about like the food in our area um, and the our um, grocery stores, we actually... Festival Foods is one of our grocery stores um, in Wisconsin, and they have some, they're a little bit more spendier, but they have some great options for plant-based, but they don't have as many as, we have a Woodman's here, and I don't know if Woodman's is basically Midwest, but Woodman's is a lot cheaper. I would say 10% of their store is probably all natural and plant-based, which is great. They have multiple sections in their store, which have plant-based options. In their dairy section, they have multiple sections in there that is all plant-based. I just tried some really great cheese the other day because my husband, he loves to dip. And for him, it's the the cheese dip. And so I had gotten him some new cheese dip that he loved that was cashew-based. But they're their gluten-free section is huge. Every time I go there, I'm like, let them know they're doing such a great job. <laughs> they yes. have so many options, especially for us who have gone plant-based. That's awesome. I, I think it's really important to let people know that when they're accommodating plant-based people, they're doing a really great job. I know there are little cards that you can leave at restaurants being like, thanks for including this vegan meal on the menu. We really appreciate it. And that's why you have our business or some, something like that. So you have begun to reclaim your health. You are now no longer pre-diabetic. You have goals for the future. How will you keep yourself motivated? How will you stay on track and reach your goals? What are you hoping to implement in your own life to ensure that you're continuing on? I was just talking to Michelle about how I have been too comfortable eating a lot of processed foods and I'm feeling it in my body. Mm -hmm. And I know all about health. I know all about all of the things, but I still, it's just sometimes convenience gets the better of me and it's just so hard. And I've been plant-based for so long. So if you could share with me what you're going to do, maybe I can apply (laughs) some of that to my life. Well, you get comfortable and obviously you've been doing it long enough that you're really comfortable at it. And I find, especially during summer, when there are so many things that's going on and so many parties to go to and weddings to go to, 
And all, you know, you need that convenience food, like you said. What I'm going to try to do is I want to keep on, I have books. I, I find that sometimes when I'm reading a book again, it helps to motivate me again, helps to recharge me. Helping out with doing the Plant Based on a Budget Facebook page and the group has helped a lot too. I follow a lot of vegans on like TikTok and things like that. That helps to keep me motivated. Telling other people about my story helps to keep me motivated too with this. And I guess just not doing all my goals for me, not doing all my goals at one time. Um, This had to definitely be a journey because I could not, in the beginning when I decided to do this, I couldn't afford to throw everything out of my fridge. So I just had started buying plant-based, replacing our things, using up the things that we had in there, making meals to give to other people to be like, I don't need this in my house anymore. Here you go. But I'm reading, I think right now, um, Dr. Greger's book, How Not to Die. So or that is keeping me motivated right now. It's tough, especially like I went to a wedding this weekend and my friend actually knows that I'm vegan. And so she had gotten me a vegan supper. What they had given me is I don't like, I don't like mushrooms. I don't think that's the one I had ordered, but they must have messed it up. And it wasn't anything to do with her fault. It was the caterers. And I had gotten like stuffed mushroom caps and I hate mushrooms. And so that was a little bit hard, but my friend who was next to me got the vegetarian meal. So then I just ate some of that with her. But I found after having a few drinks, you know, that everything started slipping and my resolve started slipping and they brought in um, toppers, pizza, the topper sticks, which are really good. And everybody's eating these breadsticks in front of me with cheese on them. And I'm just like, oh, you know, in my mind, who's had a, a few cocktails is like, oh, just let it go out the door for one meal. But then when I find it goes out the door for one meal, then all of a sudden that opens up the door for everything else to come in. And so for me, it's definitely trying to keep that door closed and trying to keep myself out of those situations and preparing, um, preparing, even having like vegan bars on me, having something ready for when we come home after a night of having a few cocktails of lasagna ready to put into the oven or the microwave. And preparedness is probably the biggest one for me because when I'm not, that's when I slip. I really don't have a plan of action for what's going to happen a year down the road, two years down the road, because you'll start going back. I mean, I've been eating this way for 40 years. So eventually things start slipping back and I just have to do something to what's the reminder to go to the next level and to keep on going on. So my next goal is trying to lose the weight and trying to get healthier. And probably my next goal after that will be trying to stay whole plant food based and not eating as many convenience foods. When you were mentioning the mushrooms, Tony and I were looking at each other like, oh my God, we can so relate. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually relate because I was uh, the the maid of honor at my best friend's wedding and she went out of her way, picked this caterer because they had a vegan option. She just went above and beyond. I went and I got to 
do the um have them bring out food with the bride and the groom everyone else had buffet style and they like brought me my special plate uh with the bride and the groom at at the table Mm -hmm. and i i get the plate and it's a big portobello steak and that's what that's like that's it that's what it is and i don't eat mushrooms and (laughs) i just thought you know you can't win them all i'm gonna suck it up i'm gonna eat this mushroom she i'm not going to tell candace on her special day that Mm -hmm. they messed up my order and I ate the mushroom. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't even imagine A, eating an entire mushroom. But um, <laughs> but I, I yeah, I've, well, I've been a vegetarian since I was eight years old. And I was a vegetarian who didn't like mushrooms, especially didn't like eggplant, didn't like like a lot of vegetables growing up. And so when I'd be around other families and they knew a vegetarian kid was coming over, they would always make something that almost always I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to eat the animals, but I also like, is really going to struggle getting this down my throat. And I'd have moments where I'd like close my eyes and try to swallow the food. <laughs> but <laughs> I also am just uh, now, now I know being prepared is key. Just like you said, make it like our, all of our willpower goes away when we're hungry and starving. And especially if you have drinks involved with that too, for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely having bars on hand or eating ahead, whatever, whatever you need to do. But those, those situations also come up. And so I think it's important to just be gentle with yourself and just remember like, it's one day you'll, <laughs> you'll be back the next day and feeling mm-hmm. strong. But I feel similar to you. And I think this is some a way that the human brain works is when you have to make a decision, like a pizza comes out and you say, should I eat it? Should I not eat it? I'm trying not to eat those things. It becomes this like fight of willpower within yourself and a whole struggle that you're dealing with while you're just trying to be at a party. Whereas if it becomes like a food that you don't eat, like that's not even... You stop seeing it as food. You get the freedom of not having to have that internal struggle. Of course, you don't even get. To, you don't also get to eat it. And if you don't have something else you can eat, then that is that is hard. I mean, hunger mm-hmm. is hunger. But it does it does get a little bit easier when, like you said, the door closed. I know for a lot of people, it's easy to ease in or ease out or like. I guess it depends what type of person you are. But for some people, it's actually easier just to say that's not food to me. Yeah, which is interesting. And I think willpower is an interesting thing to talk about as well, because you are very strong willed (laughs) and have a lot of interests and go for it. And you're really lucky to have a super supportive family. So even though you are in both a location and an area and the whole BMX culture around you, that's not very supportive of the vegan lifestyle, you've been able to just be like, this is what I'm doing. And and here's what it is. (laughs) Like It is what it is. And Mm -hmm. and be proud of yourself for that choice. But I know a lot of people don't feel that sense of strong will where they can easily step into a situation and be different and have people make fun of them or judge them or criticize them. And like they would go home questioning or just being like, this is too hard. Do you have any tips for people based on your experiences of how you've been able to navigate tough situations with people? I'm a very lighthearted kind of person. I'm always joking around. And sometimes... I find that making fun of myself to them about about it first kind of makes them back off a little bit. You know, I'd be like, oh, there's there's liberal Jamie coming in with her purple hair and blah, blah, blah. And they laugh, you know, and everything. And, and kind of making light of the situation sometimes helps. Also, having knowledge in your back pocket definitely helps. I find that when I talk to them, for me, about the health benefits that I've seen already, 
that gets them to back off a little bit too. It's a fight. It's and it's and it shouldn't be a fight, which is so funny because this is the stuff that's going into my body. Why is this such a fight with people? And right away, you can tell when someone's going to like start, you know, start spouting off statistics and stuff like that to you and why we should be eating this way. But it's sometimes I just have to stop the conversation. And sometimes I just have to be like, this is the route that my family is going. We've already done all of our education that we've done on this. So your opinion on this does not matter to me at this point. We're already here. So for some people, that's very hard to do. I understand. And especially for us in the Midwest, I constantly have that fight. But it's tough. You got to thicken up your skin somehow a little bit, especially in our area. And you know the people that you're talking to. So you know what kind of information that you can throw at them or not. Am I going to throw my health at these people? Am I going to throw this other group of people? Am I going to throw the BMX and the the working out and the benefits of that, you know, how am I going to talk with these people? So definitely doing a lot of research on your part too, and not just watching the documentaries, because then you get the people like, oh, you just watched the documentary and reading your books, reading the journals, reading if you can, and if you have access to reading any like dietary journals and stuff like that, reading those and having that armor on you to be able to state your case. And if you can't, you know what? It's my life. This is what I feel is best for my family. But This is what is working the best for us. I am not judging you on your lifestyle. I'm not judging you on what you're putting into your mouth. So this is what's working for us. It reminds me of an episode that we did with our friend Bruce Friedrich about how to respond to negative comments or how to shut it down if you don't want to talk. And there's there's Jamie's approach, which you are very comfortable speaking your mind and sharing your values. But if someone is not comfortable doing that, the other approach is just to say, you know, I don't really want to talk about this. I'm going to eat what I'm going to eat. And that's it. You can say, I'm not interested in talking about this right now, but maybe... I'll send you some resources about why I I like this. I'll do it in an email and maybe we can catch up later and chat about them. And the tension and aggressive attitude can maybe calm down by then. And if they really actually want to learn genuinely and genuinely care, they can do it at a time that's not over the dinner table, Mm -hmm. Uh, not where you're both making your choices and it's more personal. So that's another approach. Mm-hmm. We find again and again with this podcast, which our whole mission with the Plant Power People podcast is to talk about the struggles that people and go through as they embark on a plant-based lifestyle uh, and a, a way of eating that's so different from everybody else and then how they overcome them. And almost every episode, like it all comes down to social situations. It all comes down <laughs> to like the food is actually not the hard part. We barely talk to you at all. I mean, I know you you are cooking amazing food. You've you've inspired your husband and even your kids to like eat this very different food because you clearly are gifted at it and trying some yummy recipes. But the one thing to keep in mind for those who are in that period of just not really knowing how to express themselves or, or stand just proudly in their ways is that practice like growing a thicker skin and practicing just communicating and being strong and 
and resolved in what you believe is a skill that will benefit you through all of life and your work environment and relationships and any other parts of your life, being able to feel and believe something and stand up for yourself is such an important skill to develop. And so if you're feeling insecure in that or nervous, or you go home at the end of the night, just feeling unheard, unsupported, and like you didn't express yourself well, just just think of it as you're practicing and you will get better. What's that saying that you have, Michelle? That's like... I forget what it is, but I remember I was in a very uncomfortable situation where everyone around me had a different belief system. And I just felt so compelled to share my thoughts on something. And I was like, upset and like, obviously emotional. And my voice was shaking. I was like, this is totally Michelle saying. It's... Uh, God, I can't remember exactly. But it's something like, speak your voice, even if your voice shakes. Or, or speak... Something like yeah. that. <laughs> speak, even if your voice shakes. And that was me 100% because all through my life. I never even met another vegetarian or vegan or someone really cared about animals until I was pretty much in college. And so when I would learn about things that were happening that were just terrible in our society that nobody knows or thinks about or has ever seen, it was petrifying to have to speak up and share that. And I am not a public speaker. I'm very extremely, extremely shy. And so my voice would literally be shaking. And so when I found that quote on a card, I was just like, oh, this is so powerful and inspiring. I think also coming from a place of non-judgment too, because I don't want people to judge me on the way that I have decided to live my life and the way I've decided of what I'm going to put into my body. That's why I love working with um, the plant-based on a budget support group is because we try to keep it more non-judgmental because when you started getting, when people start preaching at you, that's when you start closing down. We always say, I know it's in the Midwest, but probably everywhere else, that some things that we don't talk about within a group of people is politics, number one, unless you are with people who are of like mind. Religion is another one you don't talk about. And apparently veganism is one of those that we don't talk about in the Midwest too. (laughs) (laughs) And so not being judgy and being like, (sighs) coming off as, I follow this guy on TikTok. I did. I don't follow him anymore because he just got to be a little bit too much where he came from it just at the standpoint of um, not killing the animals, which is great, you know, but the way he's coming off about it, he's getting a lot of hate and a lot of flack from people the way that he is doing it. And, and I'm like, are you turning more people off than more turning more people on with your platform? Because obviously I do not want to kill the animals and I don't want to kill the things, but what resonates most with people though is like your own journey and your own like health. And so I found that for me, that's what resonates the most is me talking about my health part of it. Oh, it's doing great for you. It's, you know, this is working well for you. And so being non judgmental when I'm talking to other people about it and not being preachy also helps a lot. Definitely. I, I think it's it's fascinating throughout this episode. You've you've mentioned like being armored in or with information and just how to how to share it with people to make them understand. And it's so interesting because you're not trying to do that in any way to have them understand for themselves. No, it's just about... It comes the other way. Like the attack mm-hmm. is on you for your own personal eating choices to just be able to... Or to be called on to defend them. And it's just so interesting because I know a lot of people are like, oh, vegans are so preachy. Vegans are pushing their their beliefs on everyone else. And sometimes <laughs> it's very much the opposite. You're like, I'm just trying to eat my food over here and live my life. 
And yet I'm being asked all the time to, to defend these choices. Just let but, me eat my tofu and my asparagus, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. And I, I also love where you're coming from. Obviously, I love it so much that I have hired you to work in the play based on a budget support group because I feel like if someone is genuinely interested, even if they walk differently in life than me, they may still eat animals and maybe they'll continue to eat animals for a long time, but they're lessening their they're lessening their meat consumption or dairy consumption or whatever it is. They have a kid and they just want to learn more about it. Being a kind and friendly ambassador for the vegan lifestyle is only going to make it better for them, only going to make it more welcoming and have them be interested. And so I really appreciate what you're doing in the plant-based on a budget support group because that's often the first step that people are taking. They're just learning about plant-based eating and to be a friendly face and to welcome them kindly Mm -hmm. and to answer their questions, whether you think it's like, oh my gosh, duh, obviously in a way that is compassionate and kind and patient and it's just such a welcoming way, gives them a big embrace and only does good for animals and for hopefully their health and the wellness of our planet. Thank you. And I hope that I can keep on being that, you know, vegan ambassador for people and showing them the way, the way of the plants. I appreciate you also coming on. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. And I'm sure people who especially live in a place that is is a smaller town or who they're, they're part of a community that may not be as super friendly about and accommodating about plant-based living, I know that they're really going to take what you said to heart and hopefully find the courage to continue living the way they do. So thank you for being here with us and sharing your story. And uh, if if anyone wants to get in contact with you, can they? Yeah. If they need, you know, a resource for somebody who is also Midwestern, who, you know, is on this journey and is having the same trials and tribulations, I definitely can be a resource for them. Awesome. Can I share your work email in the show notes? Sure. Okay, that, that is J-A-M-I at plantbasedonabudget.com and we'll put that on our show notes. All right, Jamie, thank you so much again and we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I love talking with you ladies and hopefully we can talk again soon and I will be there for help for anybody if they need it. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. More words of gratitude to our sponsors, Vistro and Better Than Bullion. Again, Vistro provides mouth-watering, fresh-to-frozen meals delivered right to your door. And Better Than Bullion, we we just love everything about them, uh, including their sustainability, their accessibility, their tasty, fresh, concentrated soup paste. And you can check them out at betterthanbullion.com. I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Jamie. Jamie's such a bright light and provides so much inspiration. I know we hear all the time from people who are living in a place that's not so accommodating to vegan or plant-based eating and living. And so hopefully this episode made you feel not so alone and also helped you see that it is possible, even if you are in the least vegan-friendly area in <laughs> on the planet almost, in a community where no one gets you and you have no one around you who's eating the same way you are, you can still do it as long as you're gentle with yourself and you know give yourself grace and not being perfect all the time. 
It's totally doable. And again, we will drop Jamie's contact info over in the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com if you want to get in touch. Another thing that I really appreciated that she mentioned was how she is managing staying plant-based and and she's found online resources to make it so that she is supported and is finding people who are plant-based in the virtual space to surround her and give her inspiration and ideas. And that is on TikTok. She is on the Plant-Based on a Budget Support Group. She listens to her podcast. And I feel like that's so important if you don't have people in your life to still find people on the internet or on meetup groups. And there are so many other ways to learn more about the lifestyle, even if you don't have people in your life who are modeling that for you. So true. And Jamie also talked about her approach with her family and her kids, but there are a lot of different approaches and her approach definitely won't work for everybody. So we have some of our past episodes where parents talk about what they did when they went plant-based and the family around them was not at all on board because I think that's the case for most people. They're not just like, oh yeah, we'll support you in this. So like, uh, uh, <laughs> don't you take my meat off my plate. So We will link those in the show notes as well. And of course, you can always find those on the podcast website. We've got tons of old content for you to check out. And of course, check out our Friendly Vegan Cookbook. Jamie actually mentioned that she made a lasagna with tofu ricotta in the episode. And I saw on social media that it was actually the recipe from the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, which warmed my heart when I saw she uh, talked about it and had the cover of the book with her lasagna. And it looked so good and made me so happy. So definitely check out the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. You can get it anywhere where books are sold and at friendlyvegancookbook.com. And thank you so much again for listening to this episode. We will catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye. 